Welcome to episode two of the Search with Candor podcast, recorded on Friday the 22nd of March 2019. Uh, I've got some new equipment, so hopefully you'll be able to hear a slight improvement in audio quality. Uh, My name is Mark Williams-Cook, and I'm going to take you through about 15 minutes uh, to discuss the latest search news and hopefully make your lives a bit easier. This episode, I'm going to cover some interesting developments with SEO for pagination. There's actually two bits of news to talk about there with problems with sites hosted on WP Engine and a surprise announcement by Google around signals they're using to handle pagination. Uh, I'm going to talk about web page dating as well. It makes it sound like a Tinder for web pages, but there's been a recent post on the Google Webmaster blog around how they handle dating on pages. Uh, And that's interesting because it's something that drastically affects uh, how they rank. There's also uh, one last thing I want to catch up on if you've missed it, which is a new form for Google My Business, which allows you to uh, basically grass up your competitors who are breaking the rules or report fraudulent listings. Okay, so starting with pagination, um, hopefully everyone's comfortable with what pagination is. Um, Whether you're a webmaster or an SEO or just generally working with websites, you would have seen it. Where you have maybe products or lists of articles and you've got so many, they need to be split over multiple pages. And at the bottom of the page, we've all seen those links where you have a numbered list, one, two, three, four, and a previous and next link. Um, Google's given advice before on best practice to handle pagination they've actually provided us with research before that said if latency isn't an issue so that means if the kind of page load time isn't an issue their research has suggested that users do prefer a view all experience there are still lots of situations where we do have to break these view all lists down over multiple pages but that's their preference for search engines and they've actually said that's what users prefer and that makes sense to me actually because when I see a paginated list I don't know about you one of the first things I normally do is try and increase the number of results I can see at once so I can see as as many as possible on one page. Pagination does create some challenges for SEO mainly because it creates um, a set of pages that are very similar uh, they change in content They do provide important deep links to other products or pages and the things that we want search engines to discover, but they tend to have similar page titles and they tend to be quite thin in content if they were standalone pages on their own. Since 2011, part of Google's documentation has recommended using what they call rel next and rel previous attributes, um, which will help the bot understand that it's looking at a set of paginated pages. This has actually become a standard feature even in many content management systems and certainly it would have made its way into many technical SEO audits over the years. It certainly has for the ones we've done. Um, It's an obvious easy win because it's been coming directly from Google. Uh, However, Yesterday, on the 21st of March, Google dropped something of a bombshell 
from their Google Webmasters Twitter account saying, Spring cleaning. As we evaluated our indexing signals, we decided to retire rel previous next. Studies show that users love single page content, aim for that when possible, but multi-part is also fine for Google search. Know and do what's best for your users. John Muller actually clarified some follow-up questions. So John Muller from Google saying, we noticed that we weren't using rel next previous in indexing for a number of years now. So we thought we might as well remove it from the documentation. And actually the pages that recommend uh, using those attributes have just vanished from Google's documentation. They're not redirected anywhere. They're just gone. And this caused a fair bit of surprise in the SEO community because it's something that Google has said over the years that we should be doing. And now they've come out and said, oh, actually, we, we haven't used that for a few years. Google did say Googlebot is smart enough to find your next page by looking at the links on the page. We don't need an explicitly labeled previous next signal, but there are other great reasons why you'd still want to leave those on your page. It's important to, to remember that the rel previous next is actually a web standard, so it's not just a Google thing. This announcement caused some other questions from the SEO community which uh, Frederic Dubot, who's the web ranking and quality PM at Bing, tweeted saying, we're using these, like most markup, as hints for page discovery and site structure understanding. At this point, we're not merging pages together in the index based on these, and we're not using previous next in the ranking model. So the, the takeaway advice here is really that if you have those attributes in your HTML, don't remove them, they're still good. If you don't have them and you're in a very Google-centric country like the UK, uh, just the priority of adding them is probably lower than it, than it was before now. While we're still on pagination, I don't think I've ever had this much to say in one day about pagination, uh, we're going to talk about a major pagination issue, uh, SEO issue, with WordPress sites hosted on WP Engine. So WP Engine is the the WordPress digital experience platform as they self-describe. They're, they're a big deal. Uh, they serve more than 90,000 customers globally. And this year they reported an annual recurring revenue of $132 million, so about 100 million pounds. I caught this article on a blog called Beanstalk Internet Marketing and they described the issue talking about pagination, saying that on WP Engine sites, this works fine by default until you get up to page nine. So for users and bots, clicking on page one, two, three, four, etc., works fine. Once you get past page nine and you enter double digits, the bots, so just Google, uh, just being etc., not users, the bots are redirected to the home page. So this will mean when a user clicks on page 10, page 11, they'll land on that page, but when a search engine explores those pages, they'll be redirected back to the home page. That's quite an important issue because that's going to, especially on larger sites, impact how search engines are discovering their content. Beanstalk did speak to WP Engine who recognized there was an issue and they said, that is happening because of a setting on our platform called redirect bots. It can be turned off, but by default it is enabled. 
And as of the 13th of March, WP Engine has added a front facing control for users to not only know about the pagination bot redirection discussed, but also you can turn the feature on and off um, now on this front facing control. I imagine there's probably lots of people listening, lots of companies that are running sites on WP Engine that haven't necessarily logged in in the last few weeks. So if you haven't, go and do that now. Okay, uh, onto web page dating. So on the 11th of March, uh, Google wrote a blog post called Help Google Search Know the Best Date for Your Web Page. And they wrote, sometimes Google shows dates next to listings in its search results. In this post, we'll answer some commonly asked questions webmasters have about these dates, how they're determined, and provide some best practices to help improve their accuracy. On how dates are determined, Google shows the date of a page when its automated systems determine that it would be relevant to do so such as for pages that can be time sensitive, including news content. Google determines a date using a variety of factors, including but not limited to any prominent date listed on the page itself or dates provided by the publisher through structured markup. Google doesn't depend on one single factor because all of them can be prone to issues. Publishers may not always provide a clear visible date. Sometimes structured data may be lacking or may not be adjusted to the correct time zone. That's why our systems look at several factors to come up with what we consider to be our best estimate of when a page was published or significantly updated. And then they go on to how to specify the date on a page to help Google pick the right date site owners and publishers should. One, show a clear date show a visible date prominently on the page, to use structured data, use the date published and date modified schema with the correct time zone designator for AMP or non-AMP pages. So that's accelerated mobile pages. This blog post, and I've linked to it in the search notes at search.withcanda.co.uk, goes on to list some other specific best practices around uh, publishing dates including show when a page has been updated if you update a page significantly also update the visible date and time if you display that if desired you can show two dates when a page was originally published and when it was updated just do so in a way that's visually clear to your readers if showing both dates, it's also highly recommended to use the date published and date modified for AMP and non-AMP pages to make it easier for algorithms to recognise. Now, I thought this news was particularly interesting and I don't think I was alone in this. So Barry Adams, who is an SEO that works with some major news outlets, so this is particularly relevant for him, uh, tweeted, Implicit admission from Google that they suck at detecting an article's actual publication date. And then he links, links to this blog post and he goes on to say, news publishers have been abusing Google's weakness in this area for many years. Uh, and then a cute little devil emoji. <laughs> I think it's fair to say at least the second half, um, in my experience of what Barry has said, is true even outside of news sites in that I've seen some very dubious quality old pages 
ranking on primarily what seems to be they've added some on-page schema to to update or to show a, a, a last modified date. Google seems to be adding dates in their search results on a lot of articles, even on what I would consider to be evergreen type content where the date isn't necessarily, I think, that important. And definitely SEOs have been picking up on this and it's certainly worked its way into their kind of toolbox of things to exploit for those kind of people that want to do those those kind of things. My guess would be that using the date modified attribute rather than creating a brand new page is allowing you or allowing the SEO to leverage existing page authority, existing links, historic popularity of that URL, whatever you want to call it. I've seen this happen myself personally in a, in a few niches that are seasonal. So when whatever it is that time of year comes around again where you where you know the searches are going to spike rather than creating new pages i've seen companies kind of doing in fairness what are, are, are quite i would say not significant rewrites of the content just as an excuse to add a date modified um, schema and, a, and an updated date onto the content based purely on that it appears that that google sort of puts them back to the top of the search results so i've seen you know articles from 2008 2009 now appearing at the top of the search result when i've done a search and specified to google i only want to see articles from the last 12 months because i'm telling them that the freshness is important the, the guidelines google's published do specifically state that the update to the content should be significant and not a small addition to justify the inclusion of a date modified I'm not aware of any tests or direct experiences people have had with exactly how much or how drastic that content change needs to be to meet that measure. We've certainly seen some solid demonstrations from Google that they'll ignore these kinds of webmaster-led signals, so things like the date modified, where it contradicts what they're seeing on the page. I recently posted an example of this with canonical tags where Google had confirmed that if there's two what they determine to be non-equivalent pages with canonical tags, they will just ignore the canonical tag. And I wrote I wrote a blog post recently about a test that I tested this exact thing and exactly what Google said would happen happened in that we tried to get a page essentially to rank for two sets of search terms using the canonical tag and Google just completely ignored that canonical tag on the page. The reason I've highlighted this post from Google is that in my experience, when there are things that are easily exploitable by SEOs that most people don't know about and most people aren't doing them, Google tends to be not overly vocal about them. And that's understandable because they don't want to essentially publicize there's a thing you can do that's exploitable because more people will, will do it. Then there are situations like this one where I think there is a mechanic that SEOs can exploit to uh, maybe get rankings they don't deserve. And the cat's kind of out the bag and people are doing it quite a lot. And Google currently doesn't have a robust way to deal with it. Um, so what we tend to see is blog posts like this where we get reaffirmations of best practice to try and shepherd people into playing 
by the rules. In fairness, I, I do suspect this means Google's kind of closing the net as always to, to catch people doing this. But as it stands from what I'm seeing, it is possible for people to misuse this date modified attribute to use the markup to get rankings they don't deserve. Lastly, we're going to close with some great news for businesses that have been having issues on the Google My Business platform. The Google My Business platform, as you know, is what powers the business information boxes that pop up when you do Google searches for brand names and the information about businesses you see in the local map boxes when you do a search. Uh, it's a really powerful tool. It can help you get in front of customers really quickly. And of course, because of those two things, it's, it's heavily abused all the way from people stuffing keywords into their business names to try and rank to people creating completely fictitious businesses that are the front essentially of something a bit more sinister. So uh, just straight up fraud, basically. Until now, if you've had problems with competitors breaking the rules on Google My Business or with fraudulent spam listings, you'd have to go and create a post on the official Google My Business forum and essentially hope one of the users there could come to your aid. I know a lot of people that have had problems with business listings and also may have missed this launch, so this is why I wanted to highlight it, because Google's launched what they're quite clinically calling the Business Redressal Complaint Form. Again, uh, it's linked in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk, and it's basically an easy-to-use form to grass up people that are breaking the rules. There's a good step-by-step -step guide I found on a site called Bright Local by Jamie Pittman, and he explains that you essentially you fill out the form and make sure you carefully read the guidelines that are linked to within this form. So a Google staffer is going to be manually looking over your request and they're going to judge your complaint against these guidelines. So you need to make sure what you're claiming is breaking the guidelines and you can specify why it's misleading or fraudulent. You need to enter your information, even if you're a local marketing consultant or you're an agency representing other businesses, you'll need to enter your name and your email address. Uh, you have to select the fraudulent content in question. So you have to specify, is it the title, the address, the phone number, the website, for example, that's fraudulent. It does appear if there's multiple things wrong about the listing, you do have to submit multiple forms. You've also got the opportunity to write in detail why the content is malicious, uh, malicious or fraudulent. And Jamie says he cannot stress enough how important this level of detail is. There was a recent webinar with Google Gold product expert Ben Fisher, who explained the importance of writing clearly, professionally, respectfully, and giving the absolute most amount of detail possible in relation to, to the guidelines. This makes the Googler's staffer's job easier and basically means your uh, report is more likely to go through, be taken seriously and be actioned. So that's there for you. Use it responsibly. Okay, that's everything for this week. Uh, you can get the show notes and links to everything we've talked about on search.withcanda.co.uk. The next episode of Search With Canda is going to go out on Monday, the 1st of April. I'm Mark Williams-Cook and I hope you'll listen again.